daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello, and welcome to The Covert Pit, the podcast that says, you know, I was in love once, but she said I wasn't financially reliable, and she needed that. And by she, I don't mean he. I've added that um, last bit, just to, just to make it a bit simpler. Uh, is this uh, Big Daddy? It's not. Is it's it li- uh, Anger Management? It's not. Fuck, I don't know. It's Little Nicky. The full quote oh. is Jonathan Loughran then says, now by she, do you mean he? And he says, no. Uh, and then the dog says, busted. Oh, God, I hate that film's good, but the weird homophobia serial killer storylines just so shit. Oh, dear. So welcome to the Sandler pit. Luke has kindly trampled all over our name and our concept. Every week we're getting further and further from the truth and closer, <laughs> and closer to the covert. It's crazy. Uh, so I'm Luke. This is Luke. And uh, we're the Sandler Pit, a podcast that talks about and reviews every single Adam Sandler appearance or production credit or talk show appearance. And this is the third week in a row where we're not even going to see Adam Sandler. What do you have to say to yourself? These are Sandler adjacent films. <laughs> They're not Sandler Pit worthy, really, are they? But we're watching them anyway because we're trying to prolong our life. Yeah. Because we- like a sick person that just keeps clinging on for dear life. These films are our life support. We are on borrowed time. I think feature films that star Adam Sandler, I think we've got about three left, four, yeah. not we many. Save, we're the- really saving the special ones like Bulletproof and Men, Women and Children. <laughs> we need to do Bulletproof next, I think. We need to go back to Adam Sandler very soon. This is ridiculous now. Yeah, I don't want to um, say I miss him, but I do miss him. I do miss him. The last couple of weeks have been quite rough and I have a feeling that it's going to be quite rough today because what are we going to be watching? We are watching Grandma's Boy, which stars Alan Covert, Peter Dante, probably Jonathan Loughran, maybe Kevin Nealon. It is a Happy Madison film at least, so we're kind of at least a little bit close to our usual territory, but it's just, it's going to be a weird one, I think. It's from 2006, so the same kind of time as like Click and a few of the decent films. I guess. Mm. Not the click was that good. No, click was not good at all. Uh, I'm looking, there's not even a, a Jackie Sandler or, or any of the Sandler dynasty in this. God. So, Do you feel like yeah. he'll have a named credit? I think he's the producer, isn't he? He, he did like, have one in Paul Blart, didn't he? I saw his name come mm. up, so hopefully it does in this. I think, is that our thing at the moment? As long as he has a credit in the credits, then it counts. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. I mentioned in the outro to last week's episode that this is one that you've mentioned to me quite a lot, but more at the start of this podcast, maybe in the first two months, you always mentioned it and then you Mm. stopped talking about it completely. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Me and grandma's boy had a bit of a falling out. (laughs) No, I don't know. You're right. We did mention it quite a lot. I think like in our Sandler games and stuff, we were saying grandma's boy. It was, I guess it was just kind of like some of the others, just a running joke, like Coneheads, but we don't have that running joke anymore because now we know all about Beldar and Primark or whatever (laughs) her name was. (laughs) 
<laughs> so this is it. We're just killing off all of our jokes about these mysterious, weird films that exist. Mm. And we're starting new jokes, like things that alienate all our listeners, like talking about Hotel Transylvania all the time. How much you want to fuck the Invisible Man from Hotel Transylvania? Oh, oh come on. You, you mean how much you want to fuck him? You wrote that book that time. <laughs> oh, yeah. About me and Griffin. <laughs> so unfortunately, the building that we're in this week isn't in the Hotel Transylvania, but we're in a grandma's house. Is this about like a guy who has to move back in with his grandma? I think he might have just never left. I think he just lives with his grandma all the time. A bit like you did at the start of this podcast. Didn't you just live in your nan's loft? I lived with my grandma last summer when we started this. If you look at like the video footage on those trailers, like it's it's crazy. Like I was in house after house after house. I was at my mum's, yeah. I was at my grandma's, I was at friends' house. And now it's been consistent for and like I think a it year. was I think it was actually illegal, wasn't it, to go in other people's houses because it was like a nationwide lockdown, but you were in and out of houses like fucking no tomorrow. Now <laughs> I want this on public fucking record. You are trying to do a smear campaign against me. (laughs) And that's not true. Lockdown eased where we could travel and stay at other people's houses in the summer. And that's when I moved to my grandma's house. Yeah, summer starts. And if you open your windows, Luke Thomas flies in like a fucking moth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, keep your windows closed in summer because I will just crawl into your house. But I'd, I'd be lucky to move back in with my grandma. My grandma's a, a lovely woman. You've yeah. met my grandma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Luke Terry came to stay with me maybe two, three years ago. Stayed at my grandma's house. My grandma laid a towel on his bed. Yeah, it was like, lovely. Made like a little breakfast bar for him that we didn't even use. Like, I felt very relaxed. Cereal and lovely atmosphere at my It was like being house. in an episode of Four in a Bed and I would have definitely given a, a solid 10. You heard it here, time. folks. Like Chris Thomas is one of the most accommodating women in the North. Mm-hmm. So. No, it's true. <laughs> Won't have a bad word said about her. If grandma, Good. if the experience of watching grandma's boy is anything like the time I stayed with this grandma's boy, <laughs> it's going to be bloody good. <laughs> <laughs> so grandma's boy, it does look like shit. I like the poster a lot, though. Yeah, there's something about that sort of like weird caricature poster. I, I kind of like that. It's a bit different. Yeah, it looks a bit like, is it the that wet, hot American summer or animal yeah. house? kind of thing they have like yeah and it's it's kind of a fun poster but then you just focus in that the central person's alan covert and you're like what yeah why is it him is there like a thing that looks like god but it's kevin nealon in the top right corner it's so low quality on wikipedia i can barely see anything but i can just about make out a chimp riding a car (laughs) some guy who looks like one of the matrix people on the roof and i think that's peter dante with a gigantic ripped body oh yeah that makes sense doesn't it i think he is ripped and then a weird like they've drawn him Alan Covert's head is perfectly like his head but his arms are really small so he looks like a dwarf but his arms are also ripped if you look they're really yeah and I've seen him in a lot of these films I don't think he was ever ripped was he no I don't think so so the the monkey's a big part of this film I believe I think it's a character I think it might smoke a joint at one point oh dear a well, very that's... young Nick Swartzen in this as well. So that's something to look forward to. Cool. Because um, we've never seen Alan Covert carry a film, but I I didn't mind him in The Wedding Singer at all. I thought he was quite good in that. So what do you think this is going to be like? Yeah, I don't know what to really expect with it because you we've never seen him even as being like the secondary character of a film, really, have we? I guess Wedding Singer might be the closest. And even then, he's probably only in like a third of the scenes, maybe, at most. Yeah, Wedding Singer and Little Nicky are probably the closest we've got. But those early days, like, 
uh, Happy Gilmore and stuff. It was always kind of nice to see him. Now it's like awful. I, I think he, I think he can be funny. Not like laugh out loud funny, but in some of the films I've been like, oh, he's okay. And then in other ones, I think that real world view does kind of skew how you feel about him. Mm. I don't like seeing him as much as I used to in the starting out films. Definitely not. Yeah. It's because he's crazy on Twitter and he just tells people to not wear masks and to mm-hmm. not get vaccinated and to... To fuck off all the time. Telling like random 17-year-olds, he's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> They've said like, oh, I've just uh, voted for Joe Biden or whatever. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so weird. Like yeah, he just weird. gets in arguments with everyone. I think I saw one and it was like, someone said that, it was like this other American comedian said that he was like a bully. Alan Covert oh, yeah, bullied him. It. So weird. It's kind of funny, though, because he has these arguments with people and their comebacks are always, yeah, like I'm going to listen to grandma's boy. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is quite easy to own him because you just have to be like, who are you? (laughs) I shit talk on here, but I think in reality, I'd be probably quite polite and stuff. And So you respect his views as an anti-vaxxer or whatever it is. I know for a fact I'd be like, oh, I loved you in Wedding Singer. (laughs) Yeah. I'd leave. I I wouldn't challenge anything. That doesn't matter. It's not worth it, is it? Not worth it. You want to get decked by Grandma's boy? I'd love to get decked by Grandma's boy. Imagine <laughs> the story for this. Oh, Alan Covert punched me. <laughs> that is a good story. To be fair, we can arrange it. He's <laughs> on cameo. I'm sure I could sling him. I don't know, thirty dollars, and say, "Will you punch my friend? Will you punch him?" Every week when we watch these films, we have a bingo sheet that we call our Sandler scale. What's it called when we have a covert one? <laughs> the covert count? I don't know. <laughs> the covert count, whatever. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, let's keep that. <laughs> We're not going to brainstorm anymore. So we could have the covert count, which is going to be a list of tropes that are in Adam Sandler films, like Coca-Cola, product placement, bikini babes. What else is terrible? Like uh, violent kids. Violent kids, Old yeah. joke. This will have a lot of old jokes, I reckon. Oh, yeah. With the grandma, definitely. Do you think this is going to rank highly? It's still a happy Madison, so yeah, probably. It looks mostly quite... I was going to say it looks quite grounded, but at the same time, one of the few pictures I've seen a is a, mon- a monkey playing a PlayStation. <laughs> 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 the most grounded film they've ever done do you know what the one thing i will say is i'm glad that it's not set in fucking hawaii if there's a bit where they randomly go to hawaii i'm gonna be fuming i can't imagine this is worse than the wrong missy if no, that's anything not. to go by do you have anything else you want to say up top no not really do we have to watch this no, no. just watch <laughs> barnyard instead that'd be way better can you imagine you accidentally rent barnyard instead on the santa pit youtube <laughs> Yeah, it would be oh. good to do an intro to Grandma's Boy and then just review Barnyard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, every... of Grandma's Boy. Basically, the sand is a cow. cow dies while fighting wolves. He fights all these wolves and he's hitting them with a guitar. Oh my god. And they rip his arms off. Like they kill oh him. Oh my god. Is it quite gory? You just see it in shadow, like them like tearing it at it, like his flesh off his body, and then he dies. It's oh my god, really moving. It does sound pretty incredible. Oh god, <laughs> I know we are so close to watching that fucking film. This is reminding me of Hotel Transylvania a bit too much. <laughs> oh for God's sake! Right, are we going to watch this film then? Yeah. So uh, okay. grab your Zimmer frame. Grab your grandma. Grab your oh. udders. <laughs> <laughs> grab your barn. Put on some Poirot. 
grab a yeah. Werther's original. Put on Johnny Cash on the radio. Give Sam Elliott a guitar. With a guitar. <laughs> this is getting too niche now. You need to stop with these <laughs> barnyard references. <laughs> right. Stop That's it. That's called Boy <laughs> Let's go watch Barnyard. I mean, <laughs> I wish. Let's go watch Grandma's Boy. See you soon. Bye. You are now listening to the Sandler Pit. And we are back. We've moved in with our nans. We are Grandma's Boys. <laughs> and we're here to talk about the film Grandma's Boy. Luke, can you tell us the plot of the film Grandma's Boy? Okay, so the film is about Alex. I think his name's Alex. I watched this film a few hours ago. <laughs> it was really bad. So it's about this guy called Alex. He's a nerd, but he's also really, really, really cool. And mm. everyone thinks he's the coolest guy ever. He's a games tester for this video game company. And he's like smokes a lot of weed and he gets kicked out of his flat because he hasn't paid rent in months because his housemate, Jonathan Lothran, has spent it all on prostitutes. So he's forced to move in with his grandma whilst he's developing his own game. And that's it. It's a kind of a light touch plot, really. What did you think of Grandma's Boy? I find it hard to say that I like really enjoyed it or found it particularly funny because I can't think of many times where I did laugh in this. But as far as these films go, ones we've watched in recent weeks, I feel like this is the one that's like the most assured of what it is. Does that make sense? Like the other films have been... You know, you get Paul Blart and there's like the odd joke where you're like, is this for adults or is this for kids? Same with quite a few of the other ones. But this one, I think it firmly knows that it's like just a kind of throwaway, really low stakes stoner comedy. There's, I think, maybe three or four settings at most. There's hardly ever changes of locations and stuff. It's just the house or the office. And it feels kind of TV-ish in that sense. doesn't feel like very cinematic. But biggest problem for me is probably that Alan Cover isn't a very charismatic lead. He's watchable, you know. He's, it's not horrendously horrendous. But yeah, this film, it was a year after and it really reminded me of 40-Year-Old Virgin. Similar character, similar setting. Mm. And Seth Rogen might have been better as a lead or someone like that who's a bit more believable as this ultra cool guy because for some reason Alan Covert looks about 50 in this even though he's not (laughs) (laughs) that was one of my notes as well he looks so much like next to Nick Swartzen who looks like he's barely 16 and some of the other even Dante like they're the same age but Peter Dante looks younger than Alan Covert in this and Mm. I found it hard to believe this guy would still have a grandma as someone who's lost all my grandparents (laughs) I was like how is this guy old enough he's still got grandparents (laughs) That's, I know that's horrible, but um, that's one. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't mind watching it though. It did. I don't think I looked at my phone very much. You know, I think I was paying attention mm. for the most part, but a bit hit and miss, I guess. As I say, I mean, the main thing about this is that it's a comedy and it's not particularly funny. Though it kind of, it tries, but there's only so many times you can laugh about a monkey, isn't there? <laughs> How about you? What did you think? I really liked it. <laughs> and I laughed every time the monkey was on screen. And I don't even care. So you are right, though. I think the biggest letdown of this actually being quite good is just... Alan Covert and the thing is like you say he's not even bad he delivers his lines quite well he's all right he does look 50 years old Mm. even though he's meant to be 35 I think but he looks 55 definitely I think that's a good point though if it had been like a Seth Rogen type especially in this era I was thinking like Paul Rudd as well because he's Mm -hmm. kind of a nerdy seeming guy but you could imagine him being kind of cool and 
people like him. Yeah, he's the middle of a Venn diagram between sexy and a loser, mm-hmm. where he's like, he's perfect. He could be both of those. Yeah. Whilst I struggle to think that all these people and Linda Cardellini would feel like, oh my God, Alan Covert, you're the you're this cool guy I want to hang out with. But if it had been... the most far-fetched part, isn't it? yeah. Oh, it's baffling. But on the most part, I really like this. And yeah. um, it was surprisingly wholesome and, and quite nice at, at times. And, and I'm the same. Didn't barely check my phone. Mm-hmm. And compare that with The Wrong Missy, where I was having a shit during it, and I was on my phone almost the whole time, and I missed huge plot moments like, Missy wanting to kill herself. <laughs> I just completely missed it because I didn't care. Here, I was constantly giving it its full attention. So, yeah, yeah, there's something about that, I think. I think there's definitely something in the fact that it just has a fucking constant tone. That's something that's been mm. missing for these last couple of weeks of films, for sure. They're all, Usually they're all over the place. And this, this film definitely feels like it's just these characters a few days in their life. There's the odd bit that's like a bit insane. Obviously, you've got quite a good villain in this who's a half man, <laughs> yeah. half robot. <laughs> Stuff like that kind of stretches it a little bit, but not too far. For me being really like picky with some stuff in these in these films, I think the video game element of it doesn't seem too like haphazard the way they've done it. Yeah. Have you ever had Apple TV, Apple TV Plus or whatever it's called? Are you going to say the that TV show with Rob McElhenney? Yeah, I've watched all of that. I've, I've I, never I seen don't, it, no. I don't mind it. Mythic Quest is called. And it's okay, but the video game in it, as someone, I, like, I play quite a lot of games and stuff. I don't really play online ones, which is what that game's supposed to be. But like, it doesn't look like a game I've ever seen. It looks like mm. a game made for a TV show. Whereas the ones in this actually do look kind of real for the time they came out. I know exactly what you mean. I had that exact problem with the Ryan Reynolds film Free Guy. Oh, where, yeah. So in Free Guy, it's like a really shit Fortnite, Grand Theft Auto online game. It doesn't look like anything, but yeah, everyone mm-hmm. on Earth plays it. And when this blue shirt NPC starts taking over the game or whatever, all the news channels on Earth are reporting on it like anyone would ever give a shit. And it mm-hmm. just took me out of the film. The game just seems so shit and so lame. That didn't even look like Fortnite or whatever, really, I don't mm. think. Yeah, the one, the ones in this, I read in the trivia, actually, that they were real games that were in development. And then um, the company that was developing them went under. They didn't make enough money. So like, the game got cancelled. I think the that film is... was the same. I think it, it was a massive flop until DVD or something like that, I read. Yeah, I think it's like it made six million at the box office and but it made a load on dvds but imagine this as an advert for these upcoming xbox games because it seems like xbox must have given them a lot of money to make 100 i said to you and, before watching it i was like please try and count how many times they show the xbox logo i i only got five times but oh really it, is that like but five it's very, scenes though it's five times where the camera is on an xbox as someone's plugging stuff in but yeah. there's xbox controllers and people on xbox there's a lot in this it um, feels like a big definitely a big xbox thing for sure but i mean usually that kind of stuff takes me out of the film a bit like in pixels but here i was just like yeah that's just this kind of world and, and it's particularly this era of film stoner comedy thing where it's all just video games and mm-hmm. dumb shit 
yeah, I think it was perfectly good. Yeah, it was, it was fine. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Definitely, I th- I think that the fact that it is so low stakes kind of helps. It's not really trying to act like it's anything special. There's not really much of a big hidden meaning behind it or anything like that. It's just a fun throwaway kind of comedy, and the characters are all mostly okay. You know, with some of these, we're like, oh, I fucking hate that guy. He's like supposed to be the lead. Yeah. You're supposed to love him, and we're like, oh, what a fucking prick. But <laughs> in this, they're mostly all okay. Yeah, Alan Cover like isn't that bad. No, even though we said I think a better lead would have made this film mm-hmm. first of all popular and make money because no one went to see it it would have been I think probably a little bit better but he's still fine he doesn't do anything bad he's he's all right yeah who would you suggest as a lead in this over Alan Covert other than Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen are we going happy Madison people I mean, usually their films are led just by either Adam Sandler, Kevin James, or Rob Schneider, aren't they? Yeah, that's and Adam Farris one time. I don't <laughs> see. I don't think any of them would be better. Even Sandler, I don't think Sandler would have fit this character at all. And nah, because I was thinking how hard to time, believe yeah. that was in was it Pixels where he was supposed to be like a, yeah. a video game nerd? Yeah, and it didn't work at all. No, not and at this all. would have been the same. And so, yeah, I'm kind of glad that Adam Sandler wasn't in this at all because i think he'd have he'd have just not fit this character no the only one i could that i was thinking of was this film came out the same year as bench warmers and i was a little bit like maybe john heder you could buy the nerdy side of but then when he starts getting with linda cardellini you'd be a bit thrown off (laughs) i reckon i think i I think I'd be able to buy that more than Alan Covert getting with her. Because in Blades of Glory, he gets with Jenna Fisher from The Office. Yeah. So, and I didn't think that was weird at the time. No, that's true. Uh, yeah, maybe that would have been better, but... Let me throw out some names then. Will mm. Will Ferrell. Nah. Owen Wilson. Maybe. Maybe. No, I don't know. Ben Stiller. Hmm. Maybe. Ben Stiller would be maybe, okay, yeah. Maybe Ben Stiller, yeah. Who else was big at this time? Jack Black? See, Jack Black, I think, would fit the character all right, actually. Yeah. He toned it down. <laughs> Hello, Grandma. I'm making this game with demons and beasts. It's awesome. <laughs> Could you I'm failing that, Adam Devine. My grandma's playing a little game. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine he invents Guitar Hero. That would be good. <laughs> He invents the rhythm game. <laughs> Jack Black would be okay, I think, in this. What did you think of all the side characters then, if you want to rattle them off? So I think the main side character we'd probably say is, is it Nick Swardson? Mm. His character? What, what's his name? Did you get that? I did not. Um, he's so young. He looks like he's, he's really just young, out of the isn't womb. He? <laughs> he looks so young. Comparing this to the wrong Missy, so young and full of life. Yeah, exactly. He looks like a, a sprite, like a little, like little baby. Fairy. Yeah, exactly. I did. I did like Nick Swarton in this. I think he fit that Me character too. pretty well without being overly irritating like he is in some other things when because he's played this character before you know it's not a far shout away from um his character in the wrong missy being like a colleague who's a bit pervy and whatever that sort of added element of him being really childish and having like a race car bed and living with his mum and dad (laughs) what does he call him he calls him his his roommates his roommates the racing car bed and his collection of teddy bears that he keeps in like a little hamper and then the little blown up fish airbed for Alan Covert (laughs) and him in his little one piece pyjama set was so funny like that was genuinely very good physical a lot of good visual visual, definitely so yeah my note just says young Swardson in onesie and then the quote was your bed is a car he says at least I've got a bed after that or something like that (laughs) 
<laughs> he's his best friend at the workplace and then he ends up getting with one of the the grandma's housemates which was quite funny i thought yeah. that was just really funny the whole time especially everything about charlie chaplin oh yeah <laughs> yeah she's had sex with all these old famous people hasn't she someone said to him do you think she invented the hand job <laughs> it was uh i gave charlie chaplin a hand job oh my god was he silent <laughs> <laughs> Quite a good. That is a good. Joke. Quite a few good lines, and that is she's had sex with about three thousand people, and he's never had sex before. And then at the end, she's like stripping him whilst they're all watching the grandma play the video game against the villain. It's funny. <laughs> I think there was a bit like in the end they were looking for Alan Covert. He'd quit his job or whatever, and they were running to try and find him. And she said to him, "How long have we got?" And he was like, "Long enough to sixty-nine." <laughs> or they're in their office. <laughs> It's very weird, but it's pretty funny. Very funny. I really like that. Then there's two other friends. One of the actors I don't recognise. Oh, that was was... Jonah Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the other guy? Because he looked a bit familiar. Yeah, I thought he looked familiar, but then I looked on IMDb and I couldn't see anything that I'd really seen him from. He was pretty good. They both were. Yeah. They fit the bill, really, don't they? They... Neither of those two have many lines. I think I made a note quite early that we were like 25 minutes in and Jonah Hill hadn't said a single word. He'd been on camera, but to be fair, at this point, he hadn't really been in much, had he? I know he, he was in 40-year-old Virgin. I think he buys some like funky shoes, doesn't he? This is pre-super bad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, year yeah, or two so, before that. Yeah, it makes sense. He does fine with what he gets, which is basically that when he goes to a party, he sucks on a woman's breasts for yeah. 13 hours. Yeah, That's I sent you a message of that, didn't I? My note that just said, young Jonah Hill suckles teat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. But again, it's horrible in a kind of funny way because it's not he's not even doing it in a sexual way. It's just really gross and it's just weird. I don't like it. Yeah, because I was about to write that he was motorboating her, but then his head doesn't move at all, does it? He just sort of latches on like a baby and kind of stays there. Yeah, it's very baby-like. It's horrible. It makes sense because he looks very young. But um, I think that the woman that played that... <laughs> I don't want to say character because she didn't have any She's lines. She's not a character. Think. The person that Jonah Hill had to be breastfed by. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's listed as milkmaid. That's her character. Oh. Yeah, gross, right? Um, Moving on, we've got Dante, played by Peter Dante. Yeah. We, we said the, we weren't going to The thing is, we, we always want to avoid Peter Dante because of his real-life problems, but I did find him funny in this. I think, yeah, he, <laughs> I think he might have probably... been the funniest part. Maybe. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, or maybe because I've got someone else who I thought was really funny in this. Uh, but Do you like they... that every time that Peter Dante appears on screen, he's like, he's only in about six scenes, but every time he gains a new ponytail. I read that in the trivia. <laughs> and by the end, he has six ponytails. So he has a lot of ponytails. His first scene, he's completely naked, trying to buy a lion. He's a drug dealer, isn't he? And then... Mm-hmm. Then he's ends up buying a monkey. He's ripped. He, he's with a Zimbabwean guy who keeps buying him animals, but the guy just speaks with clicking. And then he has another friend who's like a Chinese martial artist or something. Yeah, these bits felt quite cartoony, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially with the real-life context that Peter Dante's said a lot of dumb, racist shit in public. But And here he is buying like exotic animals from a 
tribesman who's a doctor or something. <laughs> yeah, they weird. say something like he's not in the rainforest anymore. Isn't the rainforest in South America and he's yeah. from Zimbabwe, which is like so geographically mm-hmm. incorrect and racist. Yeah. There was one line that really made me laugh for Peter Dante, and it's right at the end of the film. Kevin Nealon's saying about this dream he'd had, and then he's like, where do you get your weed from? I don't have to do Dante's voice. Yeah. It's quite hard. He and then he's like, voice. from you, Dante? Oh, yeah. How's things, Mr. Teagle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. That's the thing. I think Peter Dante's role in this is exactly what you'd want those guys to have their role as. Same with Jonathan Loughran. He's in two free scenes. Yeah. Alan Covert just is in it too much. Whereas, like in the other films, you're used to him just appearing here and there. Dante's drip fed through it quite nicely, but it's not too much. Whereas with Alan Covert, it is too much. Yeah. Like if he was in every scene, you'd get so tired of this guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he's used quite sparingly and he's kind of uh, this cartoonish character. He's perfectly fine in this. But I did just mention maybe my favorite performance in this is Kevin Nealon as the boss at this game design company who's really like spiritual yoga <laughs> guy. And that he's kind of, so that character funny. feels like it's before its time a little bit. I don't want to act oh like this God, is revolutionary. So but Because that's the same character as what Rob Schneider is in Grown Ups, isn't it? Basically, like really yeah. pretentious about it's energies. So much better. Yeah, much better and earlier. But yeah, I loved all of that stuff. He's got a little sort of just a line, soul patch. little soul patch <laughs> line beard. Very good. And he's so <laughs> tanned and he's and he's like conducting a meeting whilst like going into the downward dog. And it's just yeah. so funny. Yeah, um, the first time you see him, I think the camera like zooms out from his chest and he's he's just on his desk <laughs> doing yoga poses. <laughs> he's quite good. And there's also a good line at the end where so there's JP, who's the main villain, and he's the stuff that we'll get into in a bit. He goes to him like, oh, I've, I'll get your mum to come get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah you take him away i'm gonna get your mum to pick you up <laughs> i loved when um there's a bit where he's watching the video basically jp plagiarizes alan Kovitz's game and he's yeah. showing him it and it's this crazy demon shooting fire and whatever and he says i think he says oh it's very miyamoto or something like that <laughs> And I looked it up and Miyamoto is the guy that made Mario. He, he, Mario, yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> said it about his demon. <laughs> I like that. Like, it, it does seem like a line that was written by someone who just has like a surface level understanding of video games, but it's yeah. also just really funny. Like it's. I think that was in the trivia as well, was that he's based on a real video game creator. Let me have a look and see who it is. Him and JP are both based on actual people, apparently. All right, okay. Kind of adds something, doesn't it? What What did you think of JP, the villain, who was from Dodgeball, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, he's in Dodgeball and Avatar. I think he's. Yeah, in, he's, in, he's one he's, of the. It's like the scientist. He's the nerd but... in Avatar. <laughs> yeah, he's got a set kind of character he can play. Um, I thought it was good seeing him actually. I, I thought he was pretty funny in this. He's one of the standouts, I think, because I think we've said it before about when these characters have a like weird quirk that they go into, it can sometimes be a bit off putting. Like the wrong Missy has a demon voice that's really annoying. You didn't mind it, but like in Just Go with It, when that kid kept on having a really horrible British accent where she was like, Hell very, yeah, she was so good. <laughs> she was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't like those things when these characters are so awkward that they have to do an extra characteristic or whatever. But him doing his robot voice to vent all of his frustrations and say things like, um, you're an ugly asshole, or whatever it was that he kept saying about Alan Covert. I did kind of like it. But most of the time it did make yeah. me laugh. At the start, I wasn't 
a massive fan of him because I was like, this guy isn't even doing anything evil yeah. at all. He's just an, a bit annoying. And there's, right, I'll get, I'll say now, so this film annoyed me in one aspect where they established these characters as being like slacker nerds. But because their ego is so high in real life, I'm assuming, they're also really, really cool. So yeah. even though they are lame weirdos, like uh, Nick Swanson sleeping in a racing car bed, he's still a cool guy. So they're like bullying and taking the piss out of their boss and other nerds and whatever hmm. but they're like massive nerds so i was like it's just a weird hierarchy loser bullshit yeah that is a good point i mean that's kind of one of the things with bench warmers as well that we said isn't it yeah it's exactly kind of a bit hypocritical to like punch yeah. down while also being the person that's punched down on usually <laughs> but as soon as he starts stealing and doing evil shit i was like all right okay i can get behind the uh boys now yeah. <laughs> in bullying this man who's clearly on the spectrum and is, is paying them a lot of money to have a fun job but whatever. i've made the note that one of the first things that he says when he gets introduced is that he's thinking about getting metal legs <laughs> <laughs> pretty good and he dresses like the characters from the matrix yeah he has this just like neo isn't he yeah he has this weird pod which he, he does his video games in where he listens to techno and all the walls are covered in like zeros and ones and <laughs> do you know what this even though you said this doesn't have many set pieces it's it, it's quite creative with what they have i think mm. like game studio seems quite funny like there's quite a bit of visual humor and in the grandma's house as well mm-hmm. um, it's all kind of like believable to an extent as well though isn't it i think they yeah. walk the line quite nicely with that and another thing with this guy this is a weird thing that i noticed is that this is our second film in a row to feature the kind of failed child toy robo sapien do you remember robo sapien yeah i remember robo sapien i had one of them as a kid yeah and me then, too um, i say failed the... they were around for a while weren't they but what has happened? He's not like the Rubik's Cube of our generation, is he? <laughs> well, if I went down to the lanes in Sheffield, uh, in Meadowhall, down the side, just by the food court oasis, you can go down the lanes. They, and I go into the gadget box, which is the uh, gadget shop. I think it used to be called Gadget Box. Now it's called Menkind. Oh, Menkind, <laughs> of course. If I go into Menkind on the lanes in the Oasis, in Meadowhall, in Tinsley, in Sheffield, <laughs> I'll probably find a Robo Sapien in there. Do you reckon? Is he still around? In the north, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've only just got him up there. <laughs> Coming this summer. <laughs> He's, you you just go past all the on. landline telephones. <laughs> we just discovered fire. Then we had landline phones. <laughs> then now we have Robo Sapien. Um, Wait till you get the Velocirobot or whatever he was called. The, I was little dinosaur say, one. the robot one was way better. Like He looked cool, but he had less functions as far as I'm aware. Yeah, but I don't care about making that guy like break dance, dance or whatever. Yeah. I wanted a big robot dinosaur to kind of howl at the sky and whatever. I remember getting him and then thinking, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> it's up there. Did you ever have one of those? Uh, this is a very specific toy, and I don't know if you'll have had it. One of those little guinea pig things. They've got nunchucks, and they're in like a karate Yes. Outfit. And they go, everybody was come for fighting! And that's Sweet. it. It doesn't do anything else, does it? <laughs> <laughs> it was so good that was yeah. like one of my favorites as a kid imagine what kids are going to be like well no the current generation are going to be like in like 20 years time we're reminiscing about these really pointless toys and they all had fucking ipads yeah <laughs> they're all reminiscing about that uh hotel transvania the car sled <laughs> santa game on the mobile or whatever <laughs> that is very niche um <laughs> but yeah 
I, I think JP was good, especially by the end, because you saw mm. him go from being like just slightly awkward and getting treated badly Ooh. to being a bit of a dickhead. Didn't he use his robot voice to tell Linda Cardellini to sit on his face? Yeah, he's horrible. And there is a, a veiled misogyny, I think, in this whole film with mm-hmm. everyone with Linda Cardellini. Like, she's not like the other girls. I think she says in it, like, when everyone else was playing with Barbies, I was beating my brothers at Super Mario. And yeah. Alan Covert's like, whoa. Wow. Wow. And then later she's like, hey, I want to I wanna smoke a joint. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. You're not like the other ladies. You smoke weed. Get it's, smoke joint. Like a, it's all like that. Imagine if we could get a really, really attractive woman who's into all our bullshit mm-hmm. <laughs> that inexplicably fancies us. Yeah. That being said, I liked Linda Cardellini a lot. And she was quite good, I thought. I liked her. I think it was just the way everything else around her was that was a bit problematic, I guess. Because there's a massive thing at the moment with video games are having their like Me Too movement, basically, with loads of companies coming out as having a lot of like sexual assault problems and stuff. I think one's Blizzard, the ones that make World of Warcraft. I heard about um, that. And then you've got this film kind of show, like it's not hard to believe if this film was anywhere near accurate because Alan Covert gets called in for a meeting with her and she's technically his boss at this point, I guess, Mm. or manager. And and he's like, you're really hot. He says it in like you're this so film. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a bit where she's like, right, we need to start the problems with this game development. You, you go and play levels one, two, three. You play level. And every single one of the nerds are like, oh, oh yeah, I will as well. I'm going to come my path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I think Nick Swanson's like, oh, let's do he it. Say? He says, let's do it. And then she's like, oh, yeah. all right. And he's like, I, I mean, levels, not, not sex. Not, not sex. Yeah. And you're like in Big Bang Theory. So they introduced that series and it's like, oh, all the other sitcoms have like those these cool, socially normative folks. Let's do this one about nerds. Uh, but by the way, they're also all sexist assholes. <laughs> like yeah. nerds are just, they suck. They're the worst. <laughs> they're the worst people. There's no wonder no one likes any of them. We're alienating all our listeners right now. But I'm yeah, and ourselves, now, I think. And ourselves, but I think all nerds suck. <laughs> I think everyone does. We're a bad world. We should start over. (laughs) Yeah, I think Linda Cardellini, I guess, is a bit underused. I thought she was great. I like her in most things. Mm -hmm. I like her usually in stuff. Mm. I'm always going to like her because Velma was a big moment in the childhood of most people our age, I reckon. When she comes down the staircase in Monsters Unleashed. And (laughs) And then you act like Nick Swartz and this. Oh, oh, let's (laughs) Let's do it. it. Except you're six. Yeah, great yeah, stuff. Very but yeah, she has got some funny bits. I think I've got a note that says, Velma, you're better than this at the part where she's singing karaoke and like grinding on the microphone in the nan's house because mm. I thought that was a bit, don't know. She somehow sells that she fancies Alan Covert, which I think she deserved an Oscar for that. Like <laughs> she pretends that she fancies this gross old man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It is kind of convincing on her behalf. It does make up mm. for any of his shortcomings or all of his shortcomings. You get that a lot, don't you? Especially in this era. Very unattractive, lame guy gets love interest who just feels so bad. I think that's why School of Rock has aged so well. They don't have Jack Black getting with some fit teaching assistant. Yeah, that's a good point. There's not many films where they don't add an unnecessary love plot, is there, in any of these? Yeah. It's not changed, has it, the weird person? I mean, 
I think in all of these films, Adam Devine has a love interest. <laughs> <laughs> the famous virgin, Adam Devine. <laughs> Adam the virgin. <laughs> Adam the <De> pure. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is... Oh, well, we're missing the main, the main attraction, the grandma and her two friends. Absolutely. How about those? They are the heart of the film. They are incredibly good. This mm. film would have just... If it was... Imagine like, oh, a guy gets kicked out and he has to stay with his friend. And it was called like Friends Boy. <laughs> and it's just this plot, but without the grandma. That's Yumi and Dupree, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the grandma, I don't know. I've never seen her before, but she's incredibly wholesome and nice. I think she's an Oscar I feel winner. Probably. I'm uh, sure I read I, that. I did take actor who, that shouldn't be in this film for the, those three, because I think they're all like golden era Hollywood actresses. They're all great. They all sell it so well. We've had a lot of old people in these films, haven't we? I feel like, were they trying to go for a bit of a Golden Girls vibe with them? Yeah, like the, it must be something like along those lines. Yeah, like the couple of old ladies who all live together. Like, And there was originally four of them living together, all like the Golden Girls, but then one of them's died. Hmm. And then the one who's, she seems like Betty White and she acts like her, who's the grandma. Then there's the one who sleeps with Nick Swanson and then another one who eats paint. <laughs> and she, wasn't that no, the, the plot of Golden Girls? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, from what I've seen, they, I think I mean, Golden Girls paint. they all eat paint. <laughs> <laughs> Thank think... you for being a friend. <laughs> <laughs> the first time you see that character, she's got a plate with loads of pills on it, and I think she's pouring honey onto the pills. <laughs> she makes them into a smiley face as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the main grandma was in Lizzie McGuire as Grandma Ruth. She was in mm-hmm. Everybody Loves Raymond. As Mary Barone. She's played this character. It's mm-hmm. either Mary or Marie. She's played her in King of Queens, the Kevin James show. So we might have to watch it. So we might get to see her again. She played that same character in A Day at AMC with Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, okay. That makes sense if it's her character from Everybody Loves Raymond. But she's played this mm-hmm. character a lot. And she's also in the David Spade classic, Dickie Roberts, which we will be watching. I think she's his mum in that. So we'll be nice. seeing her again. Uh, I'm glad uh, she was great. So this film could have been a bit like cold and cynical and stuff but she has the heart to it like there's a scene where they're showing like old photos of Alan Covert as a kid and like he's like in leopard print at his first day at school or whatever but then there's a scene where they show the grandfather with Alan Covert as a kid and then she's like oh he died 10 years ago and oh he loved you and Alan Covert's yeah yeah I loved him too and it's just like it puts a sudden halt on the film and it just becomes really like heartwarming and quite nice Mm. And I thought when I was going into this that it would be, oh, it's grandma's boy. The grandma's going to be crazy and he's going to be like, oh, I fucking hate my grandma. She's ruining my life. The whole film's like he loves his grandma. She's really nice. Everyone loves her. She does like an, a few annoying things because she's a grandma, whatever, but <laughs> nothing she's too lovely. bad. Though. Yeah. Nothing too bad. It's very surprisingly sweet and wholesome. And I thought their relationship seemed quite believable. Mm-hmm. even though he looks 60 and she looked 80. Should have been mum's boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there wasn't anything of like her trying to get rid of him and all that sort of stuff. There wasn't really any yeah. drama between the two of them, apart from them all making him do loads of chores that made him tired. But I think yeah. that was fine, to be fair. And yeah, you're right. They do. I think all three of them kind of anchor the film in quite a nice way because there's been some old people in these films where you're like, fucking hell, they're terrible. And these mm. three were all... I think they were all good at what they did. So fun, yeah. And isn't their thing is that they're constantly watching... Oh, he introduces them to Antiques Roadshow, doesn't he? Antiques Roadshow and stuff. Which I like. I've got a note that says, I didn't know there was an American Antiques Roadshow. Do they have Dickinson's Real Deal? (laughs) 
<laughs> Imagine there's an American uh, David Dickinson, like Chad Dickinson. It's his cousin. <laughs> For our international listeners who are Luke Terry loves to alienate, <laughs> David Dickinson is an orange man on British yeah. television who I'd say about 100 years old by now. Yeah, he's somewhere between 127, I think, because he looks yeah, so... Eight. No, he doesn't look young at all. He's looked the same since I was about five, I think. Is he mm. still on telly? I think so, yeah. I think Dickinson's real deal still are. Yeah. I always get surprised whenever I see him or uh, Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Oh, he's still around. He's still around. If you want to know what Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen's like and you're from the US, he's kind of, if you imagine if Dave Grohl wore (laughs) suits of leather (laughs) and painted walls, (laughs) he's as camp as they come. He's straight. He's straight as a fucking arrow. He's pretty good. Who uh, who hosts Grand Designs? Getting back on topic. George Clark. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, isn't he Cloud Wolfman or something? <laughs> His name? Kevin McLeod. Kevin McLeod. Who's George Clark? George Clark's Amazing Spaces. We got so many of these shows over here, haven't we? They're really good. What of a bargain hunt? That was and good. The Nans um, would love Escape to the Shadow. That's for sure. Escape they would to the Shadow. Big good. Fans of that. Come dine with me. Four in a bed. Countdown. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Peter. Blue... <laughs> <laughs> lots of good stuff. Watched... Is Blue Peter still on telly? I think so. I, I haven't watched Terrestrial Telly in like about five years. Even so if you I had, you wouldn't be watching CBBC, would you? Nah, would you you'd be on ITV. So one of the things that happens in this film that I felt like I had to call out was that there's a part where Alan Covert's got a running joke that he's knackered because he's been up fucking his roommates. That gets mm. said maybe two or three times or whatever. Um, Nick Swarton really like gravitates to that. The gran comes in with her friends and they say, oh, I'm his gran and these are his roommates about, you know, the other two friends. And so then Nick Swardson's like, oh, wait, you're his roommate? So he thinks that's who he's fucking. Mm -hmm. And then Alan Covert says, no, this is my gran and her two friends. And then Nick Swardson's like, legendary about him fucking his nan. Bro, can I have a quick word? You jizzing on my mom was one thing, but you fucking your grandma? That's legendary. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> so fucking weird. That is so weird. I, I was really taken back by that. <laughs> yeah, did you like the opening scene where he, he wanks onto his grandma or whatever? Onto or the early scenes. Nick Swatson's mum. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> it was quite a funny scene to be fair. Felt very straight out of like American Pie, which I guess is that kind of time as well. Isn't that kind it? of area. After he does that, the next day Nick Swardson calls him Douche Bigelow. Yes, I've got so this. So that means that in this universe, Douche Bigelow exists and probably European Vacation as well. Mm-hmm. They both exist as media in this universe. We have already established that That's My Boy exists in this universe. So Donnie Berger has done his thing. He's was an eight celebrity in this universe. Douche Bigelow was a film in this universe. So... That's something, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy because also Rob Schneider's in this film as the, whatever he is, the landlord. Not not even that bad, is he? He's not bad. He's just doing that usual accent. It feels like a paycheck for him because he's there for two minutes, Mm. does a little bit of racism and then goes. Apparently he's playing Armenian. You can tell from all the nuances. Yeah, he was a very nuanced uh, portrayal of Armenia. And talking of nuance, we also have a cameo from David Spade as a vegan waiter. 
<laughs> and it's again that whole Gen X stoner bullshit where they're like, anyone who's not a sad nerd, but my kind of sad nerd, is a fucking loser and I'm going to ruin their lives. For... Like Nick Swanson is a man who, who's a virgin who sleeps in a racing car bed in his mum's house. Yeah, he goes out of his way to take the piss out of his boss and like anyone who's different to him and he's of a loser, white, nerd, shit straight friends yeah because on the <laughs> surface he looks really cool that's the problem so he gets away with it because he looks so good while he's doing all he this looks horrible so stuff. cool that was the only scene i didn't even like was the scene where they're just i don't they call him like gay and shit and they're yeah. like yeah uh, i yeah. think he says his name's shiloh and they're more like shite low more like or something like that yeah shiloh and then they call him galo oh galo <laughs> all the food that he was selling by the way sounded delicious yeah, it sounded uh, fine, didn't it? They're, they're very horrible about him. This is why, like, Linda Cardellini is, she's like, oh, I'm sorry about them. I'd, I'd fucking go home. I'd be like, I'm not yeah. hanging out with these fucking losers. Right, that's it. They've <laughs> embarrassed me in the vegan restaurant. <laughs> it's so weird because the scene before, it's like, 20 game testers and they're like right Linda Cardellini is going to take you all out for dinner and then she just takes four of them out yeah. for uh, yeah. the Asian American guy Jonah Hill um, Nick Swartzen and, and then the 70 year old Alan Cover, and that's it. It looks like a mum and uh, a dad and his slightly younger wife taking out the three weird kids. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, Alan Cover, is also a prodigy of, of video game making because he invents a video game on his own, mm-hmm. but only on one disc. He's never made a backup. You're you're more into this kind of tech side of things and software, um, like him designing it alone. Did that bother you at all? Or no, because People do do that sort of thing. There are some games out there. I think there was this, I remember I watched this film called like Indie Game the Movie or something. It was about like three different indie companies. And some of those were done by just like one guy on their own. But this level on an Xbox with one disc? That's what I don't understand. He must have programmed it on a computer, right? And then copied it onto a disc. So surely the backup would be there. There'd be some, surely some form of trace of it in some program or whatever. Surely you don't just make it straight onto a disc, do you? Surely it's on a computer, then you burn it onto a disc. I'm not a huge gamer, so I'm not 100% sure. But you know, like, you can't just make a disc for a game. I couldn't, like, I've got a PlayStation 4. I couldn't just make a PS4 disc that would play on a PlayStation, would I? Or would I have to do a bit for a PC? I think you'd have to do it I on a I thought they P- were locked. I think if you did it on a PC and then put it on a disc, on there probably are ways around it, but it probably would be illegal. Because I know that you can't do that on a Nintendo console at all because they've like locked it. I don't know. I remember going to like when I was younger, we went to like Spain or Portugal or somewhere, I can't remember. In the markets there, you could buy like knockoff games that had like 20 games in one on them. I remember I had one cartridge and it had like six Pokemon games on it, which was nuts. But oh, really? I don't know about now with the Switch and whatever. That's probably locked. Was that on Game Boy Advance? I think so, yeah. Yeah. With old hardware, yeah. But like now that it's more sophisticated, I'm assuming they've probably put locks on. That doesn't matter. Like I guess early Xbox, you could probably do that. I don't fucking know. The only thing Whatever. that I thought that stood out was that Alan Covert was sort of holding a Xbox control like someone that had never played a video game before. He was just sort of like, just like tapping away at it and pressing like five <laughs> buttons. You wouldn't press the same. Yeah, like that. He had like the claws. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing is, have you ever made an old person play a video game in your life? Yeah. When I was younger, I used to always play like driving games, sports games and stuff with my dad when it was a fixed camera. And then yeah. when I got my Xbox 360 and I wanted to play Halo 3, with him on split screen that was the end of me and him ever playing games because he couldn't control the camera so we never played again after that me and my dad used to play lego races on the pc together 
and going against Rocket Racer in the last. With, that was sick. And he was actually quite good at that. Mm. But then as soon as Mario Kart Wii came out, I think he became too old. He just got battered like every single time. Yeah. I was trying to show my dad when my PS5 arrived, like a couple, probably like a year ago now, actually. I was yeah. trying to show him it. I gave him the control and was like, oh, just press this. And it was honestly like, it was like how he probably felt trying to teach me to ride a bike like <laughs> back 25 years ago. <laughs> it all just comes Mad. around in circles, doesn't it? <laughs> he teaches you to ride a bike. You teach him to go, dad, go. And in a few years, I'll be changing his nappies. Oh, God. <laughs> I love the decor of this film, you know, like the way the grandma's house was set up, the old TV, the little yeah. ornaments. and It does like look him, very real, doesn't it? The juxtaposition of him trying to smoke a bong in like a room that's got like frillings around the bed. And it's just yeah. really like funny, I think, that, that juxtaposition. It really this. reminded me of when I used to stay at my nan and granddad's when I was like really young. I was probably yeah. year five or six. And I remember taking my PS2 there and then trying to like really struggling to like find the right place to put it in their like ancient TVs, you know, yeah, the Scott yeah. lead and all that stuff. And then, yeah, it is funny. It's the same on this. He's got like a TV that instead of having like buttons, it's got like a dial on the side of it and he's playing his Xbox on yeah. it. It does, it, it does look good. I remember in like 2006 or something, I remember like uh, having, do you remember that Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games? Yeah, I never played them, but I've heard of and, uh, them. They were good, and I was playing like Explorers of Darkness or something. There's like there's a plot twist in it that this Pokemon who you think is like pretty sound, he's like a fucking <laughs> from the future. He's like trying to kill you, and then they, him and like another Pokemon have a fight, and they end up going through this time vortex. And I remember playing that in bed in my grandma's house as like an eleven year old with like all these weird marionette puppets on the walls. <laughs> like weird shit everywhere and i was always like fucking hell this is really scary yeah. it's really bizarre isn't it i feel so this fun. i can remember those exact same things yeah. i think that's kind of why i like this there's this nostalgia about staying with your grandma or staying like with older family members that's kind of lovely in it is uh yeah it was actually a surprisingly nice watch it's all right yeah, it is it is definitely all right i feel like we've been like incredibly positive about it and i would say this is probably like <laughs> It's probably like a six out of ten, or maybe a six point five. Oh yeah, out of like I think a five out of ten, but I liked yeah. it. Like it's it's good. Yeah, it's um, it's fun. My last note, the last thing in this is the credits. Did you mm. listen to, to the original <laughs> rap song, Grandma's Boy E by Cool Keith and Cutmaster Cut? Yeah. And um, this is the worst song I've ever heard in my whole life. It was fucking atrocious, but so funny. And it fits it so well. Like, yeah, they deserve the world, those lads, for making that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's so random. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a song that was tailored to a film like this. It's just not a thing. Yeah. This, this is on the... par with Men in Black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the landlord throws his bong and the bong shadows. Oh no, this is grandma's boy. <laughs> He's like, got to move in with Nick Swartz. One of the lines was like, um, <laughs> one of the lines was like, and Alex is here wearing a Dr. Doom t shirt. <laughs> like, they just, actually just, just had the, the film. <laughs> yeah. They were just watching the film and went, right, let's just, whatever we see, we just rap about. Yeah. And now is a scene transition. Now he's in grandma's house. He's got to go and do some chores. <laughs> Look out for the cat. Please, grandma's <laughs> boy. <laughs> It was exactly like that. Really I was good. so surprised by it, though. And like, it did keep me watching the credits because it really caught me off guard. It was so funny and weird <laughs> and crap. <laughs> I, I think that 
kind of was the bow for the gift that was this film to me. Yeah. Um, Do you want to get onto our covert count code or whatever you the, the covert, covert count. count? Covert code does work better though because he's like he does some coding in this. So hell yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna have any other covert films, so we can change it to the covert code. It doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's so disposable. Who cares? Uh, how did, did you do on your covert whatever? I did not bad, not great. I think I got a bingo, but we'll have to talk about this one because it kind of doesn't really count, but we'll see. So I got urine, which was when Swardson mm. needs to go to the toilet. I think that's the one that I ticked it for 55 minutes in because he said, I need to pee out of my ass, which meant he <laughs> take that. Ticked outdated reference very early on. Rob Schneider says it's like a Cypress Hill concert here. And I don't know about you, but I had to think really hard about what Cypress Hill was. What did they do again? What was their song? I think it was, was it Jump Around? Is that Cypress Hill? No, that's House of Pain. That is not Cypress Hill. I'm thinking of the Sugar Hill Gang. Give me a second. Who the fuck is Cypress Hill? This is the point then, right? That's a good tick. Yeah, good sick. I can't remember anything they did. I've Googled them and the first two pictures Insane in the Brain. Oh, Insane in the Membrane. Is that them? Let's let's just play it. Can you hear that? I put my headphones there. Yeah, it's insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. Yeah, insane in the brain. Well, there you go. Cool. Uh, I know that song, but I'd still go with that as being an outdated reference. Sorry if any of our Definitely. listeners are big Cypress Hill fans. <laughs> um, so the one that I'm questioning, right? I had dream sequence. I've put a big question mark because the word sequence throws you off. But there is a lot of talk of dreams in this, mostly from Kevin Nealon. He dreams that he was a dove and a dolphin and then a snake. Lots of things. So big question mark on that one. There's mentions of dreams, but we don't see a dream get played out. So I don't think it counts, to be honest, but it is very close. I'd give it you. There was another one as well when Alan Covert was in bed and his nan was whispering and saying, um, I died in Mm. this bed to try and scare him. I almost ticked it for that, but he was just awake. (laughs) It wasn't a nightmare. I also had covert sideburns or facial hair. He's got tiny, tiny sideburns in this. Tick that off. Also misogyny, big one. In the first scene, they said hooker and whore about 12 times. Jonathan Loughran had a line, which was, you're a whore, I think, or you're a hooker. Mm. I also had Schneider gets injured, which didn't really happen. He was very in control of these circumstances in this. Sony logo, I thought that would be a given because of PlayStation and everything. Not a single Sony logo. I was looking out for it and I didn't see a single bit. Also hitting balls. I didn't get that. Seems like the film where someone would get like tapped on the nuts, but yeah, I was quite surprised there wasn't any ball hitting. That was all that was missing. <laughs> How about you? How did you do? Um, I did all right, but I did get a line quite quickly. My line was racism. So mm. with the Zimbabwean doctor, that was that was quite racist. Uh, yeah. And also, yeah, maybe I got it earlier because of um, Rob Schneider. Yeah, doing accent that isn't his racist actor that shouldn't be in this the Oscar winning old ladies or whatever you said like the, but I'm so glad they are in this they're, they're fantastic a nice property I did it for the grandma's house which is a very cosy place I think I got Coca-Cola there's a lot of lingering shots of different cans everywhere mm-hmm. mainly Pepsi machines. and Mountain Dew but I think I did catch a Coca-Cola early on yeah. and an uh, old joke yeah, the whole film was an old joke with like old people trying to fuck Nick Swartzen and doing loads of weed and stuff like that. The ones I didn't get, I didn't get vomit somehow. That seems like something that should have been in this. There's no opens with flashback. You just open in the present day with two guys playing a video game. There's no shirtless covert. Oh, this was an annoying one, man, because there's so many moments where he should have been shirtless. 
and he isn't. Too much shirtless Dante and no shirtless Covert. Very yeah, annoying. maybe you should have given Dante his shirt at one point. <laughs> yeah. Just so you could take it off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a horrible voice. I don't think anyone had too horrible a voice in this. No, Rob Schneider's accent wasn't very good, but I don't know if you'd say uh, horrible. I Maybe Peter Dante's voice is a little bit horrible, isn't it? But funny as well. Yeah, because he's doing that voice that he always does and he did in Grown Ups 2, where it's kind of like an impression of Scarface. And he also ju- uh, kind of just talks all like, them. Ah. My name is... Oh, no, <laughs> that's not anything. <laughs> <laughs> I did it really... When I was watching it, I was trying to work on this impression and it's just gone completely. <laughs> You Sounds tried. <laughs> you really did try, though. My name is... Ah, oh, fuck. I give up. This is bullshit. I think it's very, like, flenny throaty. Like, Rrr. my name is Dante. Peter Dante. Oh, that's good. That was really good. <laughs> was you, right, you're good it? at it. You're good at it. That was good. Well Not done. Bad. Cheers. So, yeah, that's it. Do you have any other ones? No. So, not massively <laughs> tropey. It's because it was so grounded. There was a few it's things, obviously. Simple. Nothing too slapsticky, I guess, which is nice no. because after Paul Blart and Wrong Missy, I didn't really want to see many more people falling over <laughs> and breaking their ankles. Falling off <laughs> a cliff, smacking out. Out. <laughs> Good stuff. Luke Thomas, the video game of Grandma's Boy is in front of you. You could steal this game and put it in your own personal covert castle. Sand the castle even. Or you can accidentally knock over your bong and the bong water falls on the DVD and ruins it forever, and there's no option other than to bury it in the sand of the pit. What are you doing with the film, Grandma's Boy? I'm, uh, I can't remember what you just said. <laughs> Stealing <laughs> the coffee and putting it in the castle. This was a pretty surprisingly good film uh, for what it is, and we have said there are issues with it. It's very dated in regards to its misogyny and veiled racism and this weird elitist nerd crowd of our souls but there's a lot of elements to like particularly the the grandma and her friends there's a lot of weird visual comedy that really does work i think the only way this would be better would be with a better leading man maybe like a paul rudd type like i said or some other comedy actor from that era who's a bit more iconic but i think he still does an all right job linda cardellini is very good the villain's very good kevin nealon doing the downward dog is very good i did laugh a lot and i think this is one of the better comedies we've watched in a while because at least it doesn't feel manufactured or directionless or lacking any sort of tone this feels like a dare i say it feels like a film so yeah into the castle it goes uh, what about you yeah no i agree i think it's it's got to be in the castle i i came away a bit cold on it not cold but like just that same sort of indifference that i had maybe to like airheads but with a bit more appreciation for this i guess yeah i think after talking about it and stuff like there are a lot of memorable jokes in it some of the characters are really good like nick swarton and kevin neal and a few others it's just really nice that it's what like 93 minutes long or something oh. like that and it fills it as well, whereas a lot of the others are that length, but feel a lot longer. This was a nice, breezy, easy watch, to be honest. I would probably recommend it to people, whereas I can't say that with many of the other ones. I'd be mm. like, this is a kind of throwaway, but it's an easy watch to have on. Yeah, you don't feel like you're wasting your time too much, which is always good. And no. I like the backdrop of video games and stuff. Some of the nerds are quite believable, which isn't the same thing that we can say about a couple of the other films. So... Mm. Yeah, I think overall it's a it's a decent watch. It's not going to change your life or anything, but it's a fun film and it's definitely leaps and bounds better than quite a few of the things we've watched in recent weeks. It's up there with Coneheads. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I had a good time. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Cool. Nice. Well, there it is. Grandma's boy has smoked its way into the Sandler castle. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to play a, a very nice, quick Sandler game? Hell yeah. I've made a very short quiz called Game Boy or Grandma's Boy. <laughs> I've got some character names here. Yeah, they're either... So one or two of them aren't characters played by Alan Cover, but quite a few of them are. Some of them are other actors in this field, but... Also, some of them are video game characters. And I want you to be able to tell me whether they're a Game Boy or a Grandma's Boy. And if they're a Game Boy, what game are they from? And if they're a Grandma's okay. Boy, what film are they from? Okay, okay. Some of these you fun. might not be able to get, but we'll see. I've got a couple. So anyway. number one, Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Does this, it makes sense, yeah? Yeah, it makes sense. All right, cool. First one is Phil D'Amato or Phil D'Amato. I don't know which one, how you pronounce that. I think I know this, maybe. I feel like this is a grandma's boy. Correct. Is this the lawyer from Big Daddy? It is. Very good. Played by Alan Covert? Yep, Alan Covert, yep. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Great work. I don't think I would have got that one. One of the first times that I've ever That's very remembered impressive. anything, ever. <laughs> this is wonderful. My All doctors right. were wrong. <laughs> okay, the next one. Michael Townley. I think that's Michael Townley. Is that a grandma's boy? It's not, I'm afraid. It's a Game Boy. Oh, okay. So it's a Game Boy. What what era? Um post 2010. It's fairly new. What what console? Multiple, like multiple consoles, multiple generations. Oh, we're not just doing Nintendo. Uh no, 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 no. Just Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, so what's his name? Michael. Townley. Michael Townley, uh, Street Fighter. No, it was GTA 5. One of the characters you play as in GTA 5. Which one? The white guy, the one called Michael. Oh! The one who lives oh, in like, the nice quite mansion bit. house. Yeah. I don't think Michael. I've ever heard his uh, surname before, to be honest. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. next one. Uh, Victor Sullivan. Game Boy. Correct. Yeah. Uh, isn't this the full name of Sully from Monsters, Inc.? No, it's not the full name of Sullivan. From Big, that was James Sullivan, Big, I think. James P. Sullivan. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, this is his brother from something that you'd like. So it's got to be something fucking lame. Um, Final you, Fantasy. You had a big discussion about how you were playing Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Enter the Darkness a few minutes ago. Right. It's not Enter the tongue. Darkness. It's Explorers of Darkness. And it was a fantastic game. I'd highly recommend anyone play it. It was awesome. And it's underrated. And I was 11. Such a fucking nerd. Shut up. Shut your fucking mouth. You are Alan Covert in this film. You're right. a nerd who looks down on other people. Very good. Just- that's why you liked it, prick. Resident Evil. Nope, it was Victor Sullivan from Uncharted, and you even said Sully, which is what his character's known as. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good stuff. Oh. Rod Goldman. This is Grandma's boy. Yeah? This is his character in Anger Management. It's not. It's Adam Sanders' character in Goldman vs. Silverman, directed by the Safety Brothers. <laughs> Fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> the next one is Dante. 
Now, you better not be damn tricking me now where I'm going to be like, oh, it's obviously Dante from this and that's my boy. And you're going to be like, no, it's actually Dante, the villain from Super Mario Brothers 2 or whatever. That's Bowser. (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. Then it's definitely Peter Dante in this. It's not. It's uh, Dante, the character from Devil May Cry. Not played it, but I know. No, no, that's not true. That's not right because he's also the character in this. (laughs) Fuck you. There's no. (laughs) Fuck you. You can't do that. I'll give you one point instead of two. (laughs) I was getting two points because they're like, yeah, the others you've been getting two points for. You get one for if it's the grandma's boy and one for if it's the right film or game or whatever. All right. Right. Okay. Um, Detective Jones. Um, Detective Jones is going to be a Game Boy. It's not. Fuck. Okay, so it's a it's a grandma's boy, Detective Jones. We've not seen this. We haven't seen this. Is it bulletproof? It is. Adam Sandler in bulletproof. It's not. It's Alan Covert in bulletproof. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you got the film right. John Marsden or Marston. John Marsden. That's a Game Boy. Yep. I know that name. Dear. I know that. I recognise that name. Um, what era? From like PS3 slash Xbox 360 onwards. John Marsden. Mm, what's the genre? Don't know, action. <laughs> like all video games, <laughs> I guess, in some way. <laughs> Not sports. Oh, this, I thought it was a FIFA character. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I do know the name. But I, 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 I have no idea. Have a guess. Go on, just throw a random game. Um, fucking uh, Resident Evil. No. Nah. The Ridiculous Six of video games, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, A game I have played and (laughs) I don't know anything. Okay, uh, Soul Patch. That is uh, Alan Covert's character from Blended, so that's a grandma's boy. Very good. Uh, No, it was from Just Go With It. Oh, no. Which is the same film as... Oh, no, (laughs) you're right. They're the same film, but I'm just... (laughs) Oh, no. It's also in the wrong Missy. I like, I like that you just said yes. Well. Yeah. Even though I've got it written in front of me as well. <laughs> kind of. Oh, fuck. I'm annoyed with myself now. Yeah, that was just go with it. All right. Gurvy. Gurvy? Yeah. Gurvy. Is this a Game Boy character? It's not. It's a it's a grandma's boy. Oh. Gurvy? Is that yeah. the horrible... Is that like a horrible kid and click? No, it's not. It's Alan Covert's agent character in Sandy Wexler. The one who's in it for about one second, is it? Yeah, Gervy. Oh. <laughs> right, okay. Tommy Grayton. Tommy Grayton. Uh, that's a Game Boy. It's not. It's a it's a grandma's boy. <laughs> what was it? Tommy Grayton. Tommy, Tommy Grayton? Um, co- the Cobbler. No, I'm afraid not. It was Peter Dante's character, the uh, partner of Phil D'Amato in uh, Big Daddy. <laughs> Oh, I love this. The way that I started this game so well, and now I'm crashing hard on the same thing from earlier. Okay. All right, last one. Soap McTavish. Grandma's boy. No, it's not. I'm going mad. It's a Game Boy. These are two subjects I don't know anything about. (laughs) That's why I thought this was a good one. Fuck. Soap McTavish, did you say? Yeah. Uh, is that a character in uh, in uh, Skyrim? It's not. No, it's a character from uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare and just Call of Duty in general, I think. Right. See, if you'd have no, if you'd have listed Pokemon Mystery Dungeon characters, I'd have been like all over that game. 
his name in Call of Duty and things I don't know anything about. Well, it's not all about Pokemon, fucking Todd Snap. You got eight <laughs> out of 22. <laughs> what do I win? I don't know. <laughs> Nothing. I, uh, I get to take anything. your dignity. <laughs> you did that a long time ago, mate. <laughs> yeah, about 54 episodes ago. All right. Uh, what well, lovely game. Thank you mm. uh, for, for that. I'm going to throw my PlayStation in the bin. You need to learn who your Victor Sullivans are from your Phil D'Amato's. <laughs> I think it's the first time that, That's uh, the first Tommy, that... <laughs> Tommy Grayton has been in the same sentence as Soap McTavish from Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Lovely. God. Right. So, very exciting. I don't remember the last time we put anything in the castle. It'll be a long time. <laughs> it has been a long time, oh, actually. You're right. It feels like ages. Um, mm. So, Grandma's Boy is a comedy that's in the castle. And now we're introducing a new segment, which is—I uh, have now got a hat full of all our remaining films and a couple of extra surprises. That doesn't include specials like Christmas-related films or uh, Happy Gilmore, or Billy Madison, which we're going to leave till close to the end. So we've got about—I don't know. 12 in here there's some rogue choices in here as well isn't there we'll only we'll only mention them if they come up there's no noteworthy ones among them so it doesn't matter anymore we're just gonna do whatever we're not gonna pick anymore we're We're really selling the future of our podcast to these few people (laughs) listening to this aren't we we're gonna let the hat decide from now on what we do (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna uh, have a little uh rummage do you want to uh do a little drum roll or a little i think hold it close to the microphone so there's some asimer I thought you were just going to hold it without doing the rustling. <laughs> There's no setup. There you go, Joel. <laughs> so that's what the inside of a hat sounds like. How does this sound? Terrible. Uh, give me a drum roll or something, you fucking... Oh, and I've picked one out. <gasps> Fuck off, he's burning! <laughs> oh, no. Yes! Yes! All right, so I think that you've put 12 pieces of paper in a hat that all say Barnyard. I can prove it. Like, this one says the house bunny. This one says Adam Sandler, what the happened to me? This one says... Did this one have a special fold? I am Chris Foley. No, (laughs) I can't believe that. This is exactly what I wanted as well. I'm also happy about this. I'm not going to lie. This is very, very left field. This isn't... (laughs) Sandler adjacent at all. This is the furthest that we're ever going to go from our concept, I think. <laughs> Until we have to do Monster House. Oh, so, two, two weeks after talking about Barnyard in a lot of detail, Luke Thomas just so happens to have picked out of our newly <laughs> introduced hat. I swear on my life, I didn't break that. This joy is completely organic. Oh my god, I'm fucking delighted about this. This is good. I'm excited to rewatch the Kevin James animated animal-based classic <sighs> Barnyard. I've seen this. Have you seen this? I think I have, but you sent me a clip of it recently and it didn't look familiar to me in the slightest. So I'm not <laughs> sure if I've seen Barnyard or, or not. I watched this maybe five or six times on DVD, but this is going back a long time. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to revisit this one. This looks horrendous. I love it. I'm very intrigued, but also oh, very aware that we're alienating anyone that listens to this for Adam Sandler connection. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Nothing matters. So there you have it. Barnyard next week. Come back for that oh. to hear what we think of cows. Oh my God. I can't wait. Oh my God. So if you want to get in touch with us, 
maybe ask us like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why have you not spoken about Adam Sandler for weeks? You'd be well within <laughs> your rights to ask that. You'd be well in your rights. Uh, so you can contact us, thesandlerpit at gmail.com. And you can also visit our social media at thesandlerpit at uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, where I will be posting endless pictures oh. of Otis the Cow. It's going to be utterly insane. This is one of the happiest like days of my life. So thank you to Joe Tyrone for doing all the music for this podcast. Big thank you to Luke Thomas for the artwork. Cannot wait to see your picture of a bong with a flower in it. Thank you to Luke Terry for editing together all these episodes. You're doing God's work. Sifting through the ramblings of madmen. So you come back next week to <laughs> listen to us talking about Barnyard. And until next week, it's been an utterly brilliant covert bye from me and an utterly brilliant bye from him your bed is a car (laughs) how much time do we have enough time 69